Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Making sure I'm not drinking out of my... Jody, my inappropriate Jody, mugs. I know. Since you say I always have something offensive. You do. Like I have to check. I have to do a visual check of you every time we start these things. I'm like, okay, are you wearing offensive jewelry? I'm mug. First of shirt. all, it's not offensive. Well, okay. Se- well, True. sometimes it is. Sometimes to some I do people, have that might a penchant be for. It's just a, I, but I do have a penchant for colorful language. Yeah, shall we of say? Of course, of course. Um, it, but uh, but no, I'm not, I wouldn't. Do, I'm not wearing anything offensive. No, funny sometimes. Funny. Not, the, not offensive. Ran, random non sequitur. Our friends, yes, Kim. That's how our brains work. <laughs> true. Our friends, Kim and Mel, who we've discussed previously. So I'm in a book club yes. with them. So I right. saw them a few weeks ago and they were talking ah. about how much they love our podcast. And they're like, the first comment they said was, I can't believe Jody hasn't dropped an F bomb yet. <laughs> they're like, did they tell you not to swear? And I'm like, no, no, they didn't tell us that. Jody's just no, very restrained. Didn't. And I, I've just been. Try, I just, you know, look, I, I'll get there. I'm trying to lead people in gently. You know what I mean? I admire and I also, your restraint. I, right. I didn't, you know, I wanted, uh, I, I didn't want that to be the first note that everyone had. I wanted True. it to be somewhere more in the middle. So, you know. Very smart. Uh, I'll get there. Smart planning. I'm sure it'll come out. I'm doing a very good job to not be, uh, you know. Uh, Polarizing. myself. <laughs> yeah, no, no, to not, uh, you know, to, to just stick to the stick to the thing. You're, Keep you've, the jokes PG thirteen. You've been very professional so far. I'm very impressed so, and proud of you. It's so freaking hard. I see, see, see what I did. I tried. Anyway, uh, exciting news. Last night we went to uh, John Stamos's 60th birthday party. Oh, which uh, did we was ever? So great. Did, well, I did for 20 minutes. No, I. <laughs> We yes, we left a little early just because you know. Well, you live 
I live very uh, far away. You live very far, and I, I'm just not. I, it's a lot of peopling for me. I get overwhelmed very easily these days. And there were a lot of people, and there. I also had a crazy weekend with Bee's birthday, so it was Aww. it was just a lot of being around people. But John's birthday was really fun. It was Dave, great. Dave was Dave there. Gave speeches. Dave, Dave was there. <laughs> Dave gave his a speech. Speeches with props. Which we can't even and talk. We tops. can't talk about because it's it's definitely not PG thirteen. So, and I well, I mean, Billy was front and center. That's true. For, for Five year old Billy speech about about balls. I'll just say that <laughs> Dave wouldn't mind. That's no. he'd be very proud of himself. Oh, he would. Um, yeah. And he made lots of yeah, lots of jokes. There was a character involved. Um, <laughs> it it was it was a it was a wonderful family speech that will always be remembered. Uh, yes. And now he has a pillow also for okay. uh, Choppy, the character that Dave invented years ago. Anyway, oh. super random. But it was really fun. Had a really good time. Um, Lori was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Wanger was uh, there. Scott Wanger was there. Candace was in Napa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really fun. And of course, you know, seeing everyone that we know, John's family and, oh, yeah. and you know, friends throughout the years. It was a really good time. I didn't take a lot of pictures, though. I took. I was going to ask because I took one really poorly lit photo. I took. I have a cute one of you and me and Dave and Mike Binder. Oh, okay, great. That's really cute. I'll send that to you. Okay, um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think Dave got a couple. I think of cute Dave ones got too. the best, the better photos, like group more group photos. Well, John's social media person got. Oh, he the, the best. He got an oh, earful. Oh my god! <laughs> Just unhinged videos from the cast of Full House that made no sense and were so full of like inside jokes yes. of 30 I mean 37 years of inside jokes and stupid references <laughs> and things and and you're like doing them to someone who's like I, are these people okay <laughs> why are they saying these things who are these characters in these voices and uh-huh. and the guy was like, oh, John's going to love it. He'll just be totally confused. And all four of us were like, no, he won't. He'll know exactly what we mean. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. We're like, oh, no, he will completely decipher yep. that insane language. It'll make total sense. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It was it, the, these parties, though, they're all it's always like a little bit of a fever dream, like just because you're surrounded well, by right. a lot of famous people. And yeah. th- we're all dressed in 60s attire. That was that the was dress the code. thing. Right. We were all dressed uh, it was a uh, sexy '60s mm-hmm. part. That was the it was the groove uh, with a um, Beatles cover band, mm-hmm. Rain, the Beatles cover band, and then uh, they all got up and played after. But um, yeah, it's it, everyone was dressed uh, it, like r- fairly ridiculously. Oh yeah, it was um, great. and some people went all out too. Some yeah, like wigs, the whole thing. Oh, but yeah. then there were some people there. I I leaned to you at one point, and I was like, Does that? is that guy like in a costume or is that just who that guy is? <laughs> and it was like someone with like kind of a long, like very long beard and long hair that, and a hat. And I, they, they could live in Topanga. Yeah. Uh, or they could live or, or they could be dressed as a something from the sixties. I don't know. don't know. Either way they were rocking it. Um, and we never found out who the Austin powers guy who was in character the whole night. Oh my God. It's one of who John's friends. It's one of John's friends, and I've seen him at a bunch of events and things. Uh, but he was fully committed, committed. to uh, uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, it lo- he looked yes. like Tom Arnold, but you told me it's not Tom. Ar- I had to ask you no, who a lot of these not. people were. It was not. Okay. Uh, it's so, but it does. Yeah, it's sort of a. I get a hint of of that. Okay. Face. Yeah. 
from him. But yeah, no, it was it was a great time. Um, I ate too much pasta, and then we couldn't go on the mechanical bull, which I was really no, no. I told you as soon as you spotted that bull, you're like, you're going on the bull, Amy. Yeah, and I'm like, no, it, man. I oh, I wanted it so bad. I can't. I really can't believe that we missed out on that moment. Well, the kids I'm were, really I mean, Billy was on the bowl for a while. I'm sad, that I, I'm sad that we didn't do it before we ate. That was really the deciding factor. I ate too oh. much pasta and then well, I was. I, I'm not. I, I don't have FOMO for amazing. the bowl. It would have been amazing. AB, come on. Billy was on it. John's son, Billy, was on it. Well, not there if were broke children on it. They Billy, were, they were, yeah. That's when I really felt bad. There were children on well, the bowl. Well, I'm sure you could tell the guy, like, go children's speed. And then as soon as you got on it, I would tell him to ignore that. <laughs> well, okay. Next time. Next time. I was wearing a dress and you offered to lend <laughs> well, me your And you were wearing a dress. That was part of your... I said, I will give you my pants. I will make you a pair of pants out of napkins if you will get on that bowl. We, I really, really, really wanted you to do it. I know. Um, I know. But then we were both like, oh, I'm really hungry. And then we went and got pizza and pasta. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, yeah, that jumping on that now is really terrible. 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 I'm very happy with how that all turned out because I didn't have to well, we'll hike just, up my skirt know, and get we'll on a bowl. To, we'll have to go again. We'll just have to okay. go again. Deal. <laughs> Wait, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not committing to this yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get you on that bowl, Andrea Barber. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you go with me, although that's probably not allowed. Two people on a bowl. Yeah, two people on a bowl seems like, um. It's a lawsuit. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Well. Well, Anyway, any, any, (laughs) hi. Hi. (laughs) Anything else we want to say? I mean, I, you know, having only seen you last night, I'm surprised we had this much to talk about. I know. I saw you 14 hours ago. Exactly. Well, we had. so I've. I sort of disappeared at one point and was just like, and bye. I hugged well, John. We all, we all like, did. Yeah. We all felt bad about leaving early, but we're like, oh, we're all leaving. Like Dave had to leave because he had a, an early flight right. today. And then you and I, I, I left early because I live far and you left early because you were like, who am I? Who, I I'm done peopling. My people are leaving. I, so I'm, I'm done, done peopling. Right, yeah. I was like, all, I've, I've, all of my people are leaving. So yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, no, it was, it's been so lovely to get to see everybody and we'll get to see yeah. everybody again uh, mm. for 90s no. in a couple weeks. Can't wait. So that's going to be, be so fun. Yeah. So fun. Can't wait to meet some fans and hang out with yeah. you guys. Yeah. All Actually, right. it's going to be, uh, when this airs, it will be, I believe, that weekend in Tampa. Oh, yeah. So wow. Coming up quick. This weekend, we will be in Tampa. I mean. Yeah. I got to start packing. <laughs> <laughs> really? Pack that early? <laughs> My mom does stuff like that. My mom will be packed yeah. 10 days before a trip. I, I, Meanwhile, I, it's like 10 minutes before, and I'm like, oh, my God, did I put underwear in there? Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to How Rude Tanneritos. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. I am Andrea uh, Barber. And I am Jody Sweeten. Today, we are discussing Season 1, Episode 7, titled Knock Yourself Out. It originally aired on October 30th, 1987, and it goes a little something like this. While broadcasting a national fight, Danny lets some information about the fighter's home life slip out that could get him in a lot of trouble. Meanwhile, on the home front, Joey and Jesse worry when Michelle develops a cough. Mm. It was directed by Joel Zwick and written by Jeff Franklin. All right. And we've got some very cool guest stars on this episode. First up... Ernie Hudson as ah! Reggie the Sandman Martin. Oh, he's um, a legend. Legend, a Ghostbuster, first of he's all. A and not only that, our second person from Ghostbusters. 
That's so weird. Like, why are we poaching actors from Ghostbusters? I don't well, know. I mean, they were. It was the. It was the eighties. Uh, yeah. But but yeah. So, but Ernie Hudson. Oh my gosh. Like he was Winston from the Ghostbusters. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. It was one of my and favorite he's so movies. Good. He's so good as the Sandman in this episode. He is. He just, oh. is great. Really funny. Um, so good. I, he was also in uh, the Family Business, The Crow. I mean, so so many things. Um, so very many well things. known actor. But yeah, I actually forgot he was on the show until I I was like they you know go to the I'm like oh my gosh that's right yes I remember this was, yeah, anyway yeah very cool so cool very cool um, also guest starring Eddie Barth as Lou who is the the crazy coach yes uh, he's also known for Fame the Men in Black series and he does voices for films and series like Babe in the Big City and Superman the animated series I mean he's got a great voice when you when you he hear him in this episode you're like oh yeah you've got to be a voice actor it's amazing yeah he he's fantastic um, and then last but not certainly not least, Brian Kale as the reporter. Brian Kale. Brian Kale. Okay, we got to explain why we're so excited right, about right, this. Right, right, right. Everyone's like, who is that? Uh, Brian who? Kale was our dialogue coach uh, on Full House, who also popped up occasionally in an episode here or there, or sometimes would be like a voiceover announcer or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And a dialogue coach is someone who basically does exactly what that sounds like, who kind of works on the dialogue uh, with the actors. And, you know, I actually have a question, A.B. Sure. And maybe, are there, I mean, I'm going to assume, are there dialogue coaches on shows without kids? Oh. Or is that just a, a is that just a kid specific, because I'm trying to think of, like, any other shows that I've done um, I don't think I've done any other shows without kids. Without kids, right? <laughs> I don't know. Because, um, like, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, they, yeah, the dialogue coaches we've worked with primarily work with children, right. but they work with us. Uh, like they work Gwen, with all, yeah. Gwen worked with all of Gwen us. Gwen Victor on Fuller House, she worked with us, right? Just as much with well, as the kids. That's true. Well, I mean, we need a lot of help, though. Right, <laughs> Jody, read this. But yeah, yeah just read this. <laughs> um, but dialogue coaches are extremely helpful, and Brian so helpful. really worked with uh with us as the kids a lot. I remember, you know, uh when we would show up to rehearsal, Brian would have all of at least for me cuz I was a little bit younger, he'd have my pages pulled out of the script oh. and uh like stapled together so that I didn't have to hold a whole script cuz that oh, was right. too like unwieldy for my hands, but yeah. he would give us pages. And so we would have, so like, Brian Kill had our pages, and they'd be highlighted and whatever, and then he would work with us on all of that stuff. But anyway, the the great and wonderful Brian Kale, our dialogue coach, plays the reporter in this episode, and uh, he also pops up uh, uh, as a salesman and an auto or something in a, in, in a couple of them. But um, he was also the dialogue coach on Webster. Oh, so, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. And he's the one that originated... Watch your diction. Remember, I talked about that, and that, I think in our first episode, watch your diction. Enunciate. Yes. Don't yes. mumble. Well, and he does a great job of uh, enunciating his diction as a reporter. He oh. really, if you if you listen, d- fabulous diction. He must have excellent, just been red diction. leather, yellow leathering all <laughs> backstage. That's just yes. Yeah, I haven't I haven't talked to him in ages. So. Right, and you know oh. what's funny? Well, it's not really that funny. Yeah, I've set it up now but the, his last name kale now is like uh, like it obviously brings to mind the vegetable 
Uh-huh. In the eighties, did you ever think of kale when I you heard his know. last name? I, no, because kale wasn't a thing. Nobody ate no, kale. That wasn't. It wasn't popular. It wasn't a thing. Nobody in ate. The 80s. Nobody was eating no. kale. They were like that's no. bitter and terrible. But now, right? But yeah. Anyway, I hear his name now. I'm like, oh yeah, I like the salad. And back then, not even a thought. So <laughs> no, yeah. never even entered my consciousness back right. then. That oh. was kale was not cool, and now it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he hates it or loves Ryan it. Kale right. will always be cool. Ryan Kale will always be cool. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, let's start in Michelle's room <laughs> where Danny is holding Michelle and asks her to wish him luck because he's going to be color commentating for the big fight. He places her in the crib and she reaches for a hug and she says, Dada, which is great because what wait. is color sorry this is i'm hung up but what is color commentating i don't know that was okay that i grabbed that was in the original like notes that we got and i was like oh this must they must know what they're talking about i don't know what it is okay there is he's like the boxing announcer right is that what that means i don't know let's let's uh see if there's a producer yeah i don't know someone that is on the ground and they go to him for small details got it oh okay add color to the commentary got it okay got it i was confused okay now that got it okay i was also confused and just thought i was the idiot so i was hoping you would know no 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 i was like wait what and now i now i get the use of the word color i was like is he i I mean are we that new into color television are we what's (laughs) happening color commentating okay got it okay so we know he's color commentating providing excellent commentary right 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 Yes. yes got it um and michelle reaches for a hug and she says dada which warmed my little heart because he all of last episode, Danny was trying to get her to say dada, and now she finally does. So I love that. Um, Danny asks Michelle if she can promise to keep her cookies to herself if he picks her up because he's going to be on camera for 20 million people in his clean oh my suit. God. That's a lot yeah. of people. That's a lot of pressure. Michelle giggles, and he reaches in to pick her up again when she burps. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs a towel and throws it over his shoulder as a baby dribble guard before picking her up for a hug goodbye. Oh. Which is always a wise thing. I just, as a general rule in life, don't pick up a baby without a burp cloth because that is the moment that they will puke on you. And also, as cute as it looks to hold them above your head, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) No. 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 Not unless you want to get puked on. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Babies have excellent timing for knowing exactly the worst possible moment to barf or dribble or whatever. Like doing color commentating in front of 20 million people. Right. Right. (laughs) Obviously. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield a man who got his start at the school that I went to would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it. Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, The next scene, we are in the living room where Jesse is writing a song on his guitar, but behind him, you can see that the alcove seems a lot more cluttered than usual. Okay. Joey has just added a lot of stuff. I actually feel like my my note, I noticed that it was cleaner than usual. Oh, really? I thought it was, there's a cot in there. There's There's always been a cot in there. More planets, I think. There's more solar system. There's always been planets in there. All of the planets are there. There seems like more. The mannequin. No, no, there used to be boxes piled in front and like all kinds of stuff. But like it's, there. there is like different stuff hanging. But I, I thought, oh, wow, the alcove looked cleaner. So, but you think it looks messier. I thought it looked I thought it looked a little more cluttered. Yeah, it just had more stuff in it. But maybe not. Maybe it just was more organized. The, the planets have always been there. The cots always been there. The there may be some stuff piled on okay. top of the cots. But Okay. Maybe well, I'm just thinking of when he first moved in with all the boxes and stuff. True, true. Okay, well, if you're listening to this, please write in and tell us. Do you think the alcove was more cluttered or right, less right, cluttered? Right, right, right. Tell us, right. This is like, is the dress blue or is it gold? Is the alcove <laughs> More full or yeah. less full? It all depends on your perspective. Uh, I, yeah, it all depends, <laughs> right? So Danny enters from upstairs. He's still wearing this burp cloth on his shoulder. And he asks Jesse how he looks. Jesse asks if, he, if he's planning on burping one of the boxers. And Danny replies, a good sportscaster is ready for anything. 
Then Jesse says he figured out a tune to go with his new lyrics, and he asks Danny to listen. As Jesse sings, Danny bops his head as if it's a familiar tune, and then starts singing the lyrics to On Top of Old Smokey. All covered with cheese. No, that's not how it goes. That's the, eh. the like kids version, isn't it? <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. I've got, you know, On Top of Old Smokey, very underappreciated uh, family campfire song. Yeah. Uh, but Bob is such a great singer. Like he's, I I noticed this about him like through all of yeah. our friendship, but I don't think he gets enough credit for being able to carry a tune and he sings so well. I know Jesse's known as the musical one, but Bob he is actually really guitar. good. Yeah, no, Bob was actually a, Bob was actually pretty musical. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Dave was musical voice. in his own way. Well, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> musical notes. Right. Or, uh, right. Yeah. Musical fruits. Uh, but no. <laughs> I, but I, yes, I he definitely jumped in. And, you know, what's a Full House episode without uh, someone bursting into song at least once? Right. right. I don't no, think we've gone an episode without singing. No. We, yeah, we're starting. Let's start a running tally of all the musical numbers <laughs> yeah, right? in this show. Oh. So Joey enters from the kitchen wearing a red plaid robe and oven mitts for boxing gloves, pretending to be a boxer. He starts joking with Jesse, pretending to smack talk and fainting punches at his head. Jesse stands up abruptly, and Joey apologizes, promising Jesse he will behave. Joey then subtly flicks him on the back of the head. Jesse tells Joey he's such a baby and stands up and flicks him right back and ex- exits. <laughs> I, all I remember is when the two of them would do this, Dave would be like, you do it so hard. Like, it would, like Dave would do it, what, like, you know, halfway. And then John yeah. would just smack the shit out of Dave. Like, just oh, yeah. hit him. And it would be so funny because he'd be like, I didn't even do it that hard. He's like, yeah, you did, dude. You really you did. did. You did. Yeah. yeah. It, it looks aggressive. Too. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know. But it was uh, it was just funny between the two of them. Great banter between the You can <laughs> see that. You can see the, the, the real life friendship just shining through these well, characters. Well, I mean, even, even last night, you know, and during Dave's speech, he said, mm. we became brothers. I mean, they were in their yeah. 20s. And he said, yeah. we, we, we really did become brothers um, on that show. So it was, yeah, it was neat to see. And it's, you know, funny going to John's 60th birthday last night and right. like then recapping episodes where he's yes. 24 and being like, oh my God. It's so, it was I weird. thought I was a baby at 24, but I knew you, like, yeah, yeah it's just, it's it's a trip. Well, and I turned on the episode last night after we got home from the party because I wanted to watch it one more time. And uh, yeah, watching this dynamic, the origin of this friendship, I was like, this is... Yeah. First of all, they're exactly the same. Like, they look they really the same. Are. Yeah. They act the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were so, they were so young. I just, yeah. It's, it's such a trip watching these old yeah, sitcoms. Right. And uh, yeah, watching the watching two of them. Watching the two of them and then seeing them like together last night. And yeah, it's pretty yeah. great. Very, very cool. So Joey walks Danny to the door, telling him how proud he is after watching him do sports in their high school paper to now being uh, being on television coast to coast. So this is is this the first mention that Joey and Danny went to high school? Like, I know they were friends for like longtime friends, but this might be the first high school. I felt yeah. I don't feel like that. I don't think that that was mentioned before that they were high school friends. Um, Yeah. So yeah, not at least it not felt that I new remember. To me, anyway. But yeah, yeah, this I I because I kind of went, oh oh wow, they've been friends that mm-hmm. long. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Well, and then when I think we have a flashback episode at some point, and we do see mm. I think Danny and Joey together in high school. Oh okay. Oh nice. So. Can't wait for that one. Danny reassures Joey that his dream of being a comedian will also come true one day, and that Danny won't be the only one who thinks he's funny. <laughs> Such a like backhanded compliment. I, yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Uh, DJ and Stephanie enter from enter the living room from upstairs, and DJ's wearing an oversized pink sweater, and yes. Stephanie's wearing an adorable blue sweater with cows. Uh, uh, with and black cows. and white checkers. I actually, so, <laughs> so that cute. I have a picture, like a headshot photo. I think I feel yeah? like that that has that sweater in it. I, I just feel like I've seen myself in like that sweater more often than just this episode oh, okay. uh, but yeah the cows on it and the little check print and the oh, blue leggings cute. the leggings the, blue the leggings, matching leggings which seem very similar to blue leggings that I wear in a future episode where I break into dance in the living yeah room. that's right uh, but yeah scrunch socks blue leggings <laughs> I, I think I even have, I think I might even have like yarn in my head, yes. like actual yarn. I wrote that down, like, yarn. Yeah, not even Real like, yarn. like, right, not even like pre-made, glued onto a, cl- no, like no, someone took like, yarn and was like, hey, you're cut about eight inches off and then tie it in your hair. It's straight from the Michael's Craft Store, aisle 17, like they just grabbed a spool I said, of right, yarn yeah, lime, put it in your lime hair. Lime green <laughs> yarn, yep, yep. The kind that you could only use once because then when you untied it, it fell apart again. Yeah. Yes. Real exactly. 1980s yarn, my friends. <laughs> so, so oh. cute. Oh, man. I love this. <laughs> uh, DJ's carrying a wrapped present and tells Danny that they got him something for good luck. Guess what it is? <laughs> and Stephanie yells out, a tie. <laughs> DJ I'm says, still really terrible with surprises you, like that. This is, yes, this is, you have not changed, Jody. You have not changed. <laughs> but then the best is the next line when she goes, okay, da- daddy, now it's your turn. You guess. <laughs> yes, yes. So Steph, yeah, Steph says that, daddy, you guess. And Danny <laughs> says, well, I give up. And Stephanie says, it's a tie. Remember? <laughs> Just like, duh. Follow along, Danny. Uh, so Danny opens his tie and he loves it. And he says he'll wear it to the to the match tonight. And Stephanie says, I have a surprise for you too, Daddy, and hands him a gift box. Danny opens it, and it is, I don't know what this is. It like is a, a ceramic it's, fish uh, it blob. It's like a, like a clay mold sort of a thing painted. Okay. Um, ah. I can't remember if I actually made it or not. It looked, uh, it looked childlike, so yeah, it could have uh, been you. It could have been. It could have been one of those things that they said actually to actually like make, because um, they had us make drawings and stuff. If you look at some of the art in the kitchen that's right. tacked up on the walls. I don't know if there's any up there yet, but uh, at, you know, points over the season they would have us draw pictures and color things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was the case with this. But I do remember it very. I remember the the tie tack. Oh, it's box. huge. Yeah, for a tie tack, I was like, this is this yeah, is massive. It is. Yeah, it's a tie. It's a weight. It's a, it's a paperweight yeah, is, is what it is. Right. Or a door stopper. So Danny opens it. He can't tell what it is, but he kind of fakes it. And he's like, oh, thank you so much, honey. This is great. Joey doesn't know what it, it is here. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephanie tells Danny to try it on. And he tries to figure out where it goes or what it is. And seeing him struggle, DJ finally helps out and says, Dad, isn't that a cool tie tack? And Danny's very relieved that he finally knows what it is. It's like when your kid hands you a picture and they're like, Mom, isn't this beautiful? And you're like, oh, yeah. that's, that's, wow. that's a thing that you that did. Yes. So, and they're like, it's you. And you're like, oh, <laughs> is it? Oh, you're like, wow. should I be flattered or offended? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very abstract. Um, anyway. Um, Jesse comes back into the room with his guitar and a fresh new melody for his lyrics. He starts strumming and singing, and then everyone starts singing the lyrics to This Land is Your Land (laughs) as Danny waves and exits out the front door. 
I was very into singing that, by the way. I remember loving the little burst into song. Yeah, you and Candace had like genuine smiles oh, we, on your face. She, yeah, we were. Yeah, you were very into gave this us song. A moment to sing. We were into it. It was a cute, genuine, like <laughs> funny family moment. Break yes. into song. So cute. The next scene, we are in the kitchen, and Jesse is running around the kitchen grabbing snacks to watch the fight when DJ pokes her head in and says they're going to watch it upstairs. Stephanie pokes her head in and tells him, don't forget the ice cream. What follows is a hilarious physical comedy bit of Jesse repeatedly going from the fridge to the stairs over and over, grabbing new snacks as the girls keep yelling down more things for him to remember to bring upstairs. I remember John <laughs> doing that scene because, you know, we were upstairs in that little, you know, fake upstairs area that was sweltering hot. Oh, but yes. we're up there and I remember him doing, you know, he would be doing the scene and he'd drop something so we'd have to start over you know oh. but i remember him with the bags of licorice in his mouth and that mm. that weird I, I guess that's just what ice cream containers looked like i don't know but like oh, yeah it, it was you know not an obvious brand or whatever but like a, a that sort of purpley colored mm-hmm. uh, ice cream container and all like just i remember him going through that and if he <laughs> dropped anything at any point like he'd have to kind of back up oh, start man. over again but it yeah. was I, I I you know my my thought on that scene was like what a great physical comedy bit and I know uh-huh. John loves I mean he you know Jerry Lewis and mm-hmm. the, the, you know some of those uh, Sid Caesar like those great old comedians that did that very big sort of physical comedy so uh, he really did a great job with that in this oh in this he scene. nailed it he nailed it it's you literally the whole scene it. is just him. Mm-hmm. Running around the forth. island, back and forth, back and forth, yeah. back and forth. It's a it's a really funny moment. It's great, and my my favorite part is how you can tell there's absolutely nothing in the ice cream carton. Right. Yeah. No, the, everything is completely empty. Or the milk carton. Like it's so, right. like he puts yeah. it like it's, upside down right. at one point. It's, it's so empty and light. It's just like there's nothing in there. Nothing in there. It's great. Um, yeah. It's so and I funny. remember when the first thought was when he grabs the black licorice. Mm-hmm. The, like the first thing you. Steph right. goes and the licorice, and he grabs black licorice, and I went, no, not the. Bl-. I, I mean, I like black licorice, but I was like, not yeah. the black licorice. And then you, you hear the next line is like, don't and the red licorice, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there it is, there, there it is. Yep, red licorice is yep. definitely, in my opinion, better than black licorice. But, but also, just- the scene ends with requests for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches mm-hmm. and carrots, and this, yeah, and carrots. This <laughs> are they? Are we just? Are we just messing with Jesse at this point? It's got, we're just trying to torment him because there's no way that these children actually want peanut butter and jelly and carrots along with ice cream and licorice and cookies. Maybe you didn't get dinner. Maybe the girls are hungry. And because Jesse and Joey forgot to feed them dinner like that. Okay. This tracks in my mind. Okay. And so you want everything but the kitchen sink. And I mean, who doesn't love a good PB&J? You know, it's PB&J is a staple. So. It's no, nothing better to watch a fight with it than PB&J. It's true. Carrots. And a side of fake ice cream. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse's arms get fuller and fuller until he's completely weighted down by these snacks and he finally collapses on the stairs, which is so funny. <laughs> um, next, we are upstairs, uh, upstairs in the hallway outside of the girls' room. And Jesse walks upstairs carrying everything that he's been asked to grab, including a six-pack of soda cans that he's balancing on his head. Which... I- Ingenious, by the way. I was like, oh, that's okay. That's great. Never yeah. thought about that before. Well, I mean, he, he could Next have. Next time I carry a six-pack around, I'm putting it on my head. Just balance it on your head. Just to be like, why not? 
Yeah. Ingenious. Ingenious. Much easier than asking the girls to come downstairs and help him carry these things. You know, just balance things Have on your Have you head. ever tried asking your kids for help? It absolutely <laughs> is easier. I would <laughs> rather pile six, three six-packs on my heads and carry all that than ask them to carry something into the next room. The complaining okay, that comes point. with it's a nightmare. Good point. Yeah. Not worth it. Not worth it. <laughs> easier just to do the balancing. Just, I've got it. Right. <laughs> The girls uh, come out and say they've changed their minds and they want now to watch the fight downstairs. <gasps> Jesse says, freeze, ankle biters. <laughs> this is as far as your uncle lunch wagon goes. <laughs> to which DJ responds, ooh, it's uncle bad attitude. <laughs> and Steph tells Jesse, I guess this is a bad time to mention you forgot the carrots. It's <laughs> just that is such a great who who writes these lines for you like they're so funny it was not me it was not yeah. me but yeah but, but your delivery is so so spot on and hysterical I, was, I watched my diction that's why it was that's really why see it's crucial it was right <laughs> joey pops into the hallway and asks jesse to come into michelle's nursery he offers to give jesse a hand with all the snacks and then grabs one can off of the six pack leaving the other five cans on top of jesse's head <laughs> Such a Joey move. I oh. love it. I I was I wonder how many times it took them to do that though, because the balance of the six pack oh. once you pulled one off, if it kept falling yeah. off John's head. I feel like oh. that would have been a thing. That would have been a thing. Yeah. I'm sure it was multiple takes. The next scene uh is in Michelle's room where Joey tells Jesse that he heard Michelle cough and he thinks she's sick. Jesse picks her up and manhandles her right. awkwardly. Like, what, yeah, I'm like what are you are you like what are you looking for? Like, what, you know, right, what do you think is gonna holding her upside down? Right, and, it's not a, a salt and pepper shaker. You know what I mean? Like there's it's a what do you think? It was you know it's we're only in what episode seven? Like they, that's you know, true. He's, right, he's, we he still, hasn't quite learned all of the child rearing tricks. Right, yet. right, right. Yeah, he right. still yells at them about things. So Jesse declares that she's cool and tells Joey to calm down. Stephanie comes in to let them know that Danny is about to be on TV right after the underarm commercial. <laughs> so Which, cute. I mean, the fact that I knew that he was coming on right after that underarm commercial is pretty impressive. I was like, yeah. it's, we've got to, yeah, eh, bye Menon or whatever. And then, the, <laughs> yeah, that was like the 1980s one. Um that I still I remember it. that the yeah. brain space wasted. Well, um, hey, something. But I, I was also going to say though, I, you know, when Joey's like, she, I heard a cough, and she's probably sick. I, I gotta say, I'm a little with Jesse, where I'm like, bro, it's a, it's one cough. The right, babies, they, right. it calm down. So this is how two inexperienced men deal with a sick child. One is panicked, and the other one's like, eh, what's right. the big deal? You know. But I also I was like, but she maybe he was looking for like you know snot or something. I don't know because oh. she didn't seem to be very congested. No, she didn't seem sick. It was just. I mean, this, when you see a sick baby, it is uh, everywhere. There's like crust. It's, and oh God, it's just the, awful. Yeah. It's yeah. and they just look miserable too. So. Yeah, yeah, they do. She yeah. didn't look too miserable. She didn't so look I, miserable. I at this point I'm still siding with Jesse and thinking that uh, you know. Calm down, Joey. It's okay. I, I can get on board with that okay. for sure. But then we would have no episode if if Michelle was fine. So, if, right. Okay. Well, right. I mean, that's, but I'm, you know, I'm just saying like. Yes, of course. So Joey says he does not like the sound of that cough and mm-hmm. they should bring Michelle with them. Shouldn't they bring Michelle with them anyway, considering that she's awake? Right. And she's, why would you leave a baby alone in, in a crib? In a crib? Yeah. Well, you're all. Unless it was her nap time or something, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Well, I don't know. Jesse tells Joey to calm down again. Babies cough, babies dribble, babies barf. They're yeah. like tiny teenagers. You know what? That's a good point. It's they true. are. Yeah. It's true. 
Jesse picks up Michelle and they all exit to the living room where the girls are on the couch with snacks. When Jesse and Joey all enter, carrying Michelle and she coughs again. Jesse asks the girl if they've ever heard that cough before. And Stephanie says, eh, it sounds like a hairball. <laughs> Jesse questions whether or not babies get hairballs when the TV announcer introduces Danny. Everybody cheers. Yay. And then we intercut between the living room and the boxing locker room where Danny is introducing Reggie, the Sandman Martin, as he's getting hyped up in the locker room. Danny asks the champ why he came back after two years of retirement. The coach steals the mic and says it's about pride and respect. And the the Sandman wants to be the greatest boxer ever. The Sandman replies, eh, I really just missed wearing the shorts. <laughs> Danny then pulls, pulls his blazer back to show everyone his Stephanie-made tie tack. And Stephanie, back in the living room, is filled with pride as he shows yep. it off on television. Well, and he's wearing DJ's tie yeah. with the tie tack attached. So it's very, yeah. It's, he's so proud. He's such a yeah. proud father at this yeah. moment. And nothing like, you know, the first time you're on national television to really just <laughs> interrupt it all and make it yeah. about you. Of course, that's, you know, why just showing the professionalism. Right, right, right. Yeah, (laughs) right there. Uh, The Sandman says, I know why I'm wearing a cup, but why are you wearing a saucer? (laughs) Danny tells him it's a gift from his daughter, Stephanie, and the tie is a gift from his daughter, DJ. And he has a baby named Michelle, but you can't wear her gifts. (laughs) The kids cheer at home on the couch. Danny then says to the Sandman, it must have been hard to be away from your family for three months of training. The coach explains that he has been in isolation, in complete training mode, with no outside communication to anyone. That must have been so easy back then. Could you oh, imagine? Yeah, no cell phones. No cell yeah. phones. No social no media. Like, uh, could, you could. You could. Three months, yeah. you could just go and be like, no one knows where I am. That sounds like a the vacation. Credit that I scores go weren't on. even invented yet. Credit scores weren't even invented until 1989. Yeah. There, this was an era of no, you oh. could uh, just. Go away for three months and know wow. nothing. Although wow. in this situation, it turns it's out not that so that's great. not really great. So, you know, maybe not so maybe great. that's a cautionary tale. Yeah. The Sandman says hi to his wife on TV. And Danny says, that is so wonderful that you and your wife are still friends. Considering the Sandman has no idea what he's talking about when Danny is forced to reveal that the Sandman's wife walked out on him while he was at training camp. Ooh, yeah, Uh-oh. that's the downside of that isolation. Yeah, yikes. Why, I mean, I guess Danny's sort of forced in, he is sort of forced into it, to having to say it. But you, why, you shouldn't have said the, the whole, you know. Yeah, yeah, he should have kept that to himself, but he's new. Like, it's he's, right, he's new, new. He's, he's nervous. new, he's nervous. Two, 20 he's, million people. Okay, yeah. got it. That's, okay. So that's, we'll blame yeah. it on nerves, I guess. Okay, got it. Okay. The coach tries to get the Sandman to focus, but the Sandman says, how am I supposed to fight when I just found out my wife walked out on me? The coach tries to tell him to use the anger. Danny apologizes because he did not know that the Sandman didn't know about the situation. The Sandman is crushed, and he wipes his tears away with the hem of Danny's blazer. Danny tries to wrap up this segment and says, thank you for sharing this beautiful moment with us, and wishes the Sandman good luck on the fight. The Sandman declares that he cannot fight. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. That's not great. Speaking of Danny's blazer, though, did you see that wonderful patch on the, uh, it's the, I I saw it, but I didn't look at it. I don't know what it is. It's, but it's got like a sports and it's got like a, like a broadcast sort of old school looking microphone. 
Oh. Uh, and like a thing on, I think it's his official sportscaster um, blazer. Yeah. Maybe. Like maybe. Almost like a uniform or. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The official color commentating boxing that, match. Right. Well, announcing. you have to have a patch to, otherwise you're just, uh, it's just black and white commentating. And then, oh, right, right. and then that's not, you, you don't get any extra attention for that. But once you get a patch, then it's yeah. color commentating. Got it. Okay. That makes and sense. And our, our producer here says that HBO had those for their boxing guys. That's so what I, I, that's, I, a thing. that's what yeah. I figured. I'm like, it's gotta be some sort of a, like an eighties thing. That's yeah. yeah. Like it makes yeah. you look official. It does. Um, back in the living room, Stephanie asks why the Sandman is crying. And Jesse tries to convince her that it's because he's happy, but Steph ain't buying it. Stephanie asks Jesse what happens next, and Jesse explains that two guys fight for about 36 minutes, and then they get $6 million. <laughs> I mean, Joey, it, it, hey. basically, 36 minutes. a bad minute, day. Yeah. Well, yeah. depends on if you're losing the fight. If right. you're losing the fight, it's, <laughs> it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty rough day. Yeah, yeah. true. Very true. Uh, Joey suggests that this fight may be too violent for the girls to watch when DJ agrees and tells Stephanie, come on, let's go watch reruns of the A-Team instead. <laughs> so I mean, much it's less violent, right? So much less I mean, Mr. T, which, oh, I loved that reference, by the way. But first I was like, the A-Team. The A-team. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I love it. Was it Murdaugh? Am I completely off? Murdaugh, Mr. T. I don't know. I could oh. be. I don't know. I, I, don't I used know. to love that show. So I. Okay. I wasn't a regular watcher, so I cannot uh, add any comments to this. But yeah, I do remember Mr. T, though. No color commentating on the A-team. Okay. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have my blazer, so I can't. Oh, right. You are wearing black and white. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Michelle coughs again, and Jesse panics that it's getting worse. Joey calls Michelle's doctor and tells the doctor that Michelle is coughing. The doctor asks, what kind of cough is it? And Jesse and Joey both do an impression of the cough. Which and every parent, to- by the way, knows the answer to that question. Is it a wet cough? Yeah. Is it a dry cough? Or a dry is cough. Is it a barking yeah. cough? Yeah. Because remember, is that's like a whooping. Is it cro- yeah. Right, right, right. And Creepy, ap- whooping cough. Right. Yeah. After like nine months of having a baby, you're like, oh, it's decidedly a wet cough that's more like in the, yeah, you've become a phlegm expert. <laughs> it's <laughs> so true. It's really, yeah. You know more about that than you'd ever like to know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And what it sounds like. Yeah. So they're they're new in this. So I, I it was funny. They were like, it's just a cough. I'm like, yep, that sounds <laughs> t- typical, typical new new parent. Typical new parents. Don't yep. don't know what it is. Um, so the guys try to get Michelle to cough into the phone, but of course she won't. The doctor asks if her nose is running, and Jesse says, Of course. And Jesse is so rude to the doctor here. You know, the doctor's like, Well, you know, what's what What's coming out of her nose? And he's right. like, what What do you think it is? Diet cola? Like, he's just very he's, a- abrasive he, with this doctor. Jesse. He sounds stressed. Is, he's, stre- he's stressed and yeah. he is, you know, he's a little rough around the edges. So that's yeah. it's Jesse's uh, uh, character arc, if you will, oh. is that he's uh, just kind of a dick sometimes. I mean, I don't know. Like, he's just keep yes, really, he, like, But he is. Okay, I didn't want to, like, say it, but he well, kinda, I'll say in these early episodes, he Early episodes, is. he is. Like, he's yelling yeah. at babies and doctors, and he's Well, just, he yells at someone every episode. Usually it's his date, but now, you know, there's well, no girl so, for right. him in this episode, so. Now he's yelling at the but doctor. He does that. He's jumping on furniture. He's he's just a little, he's supposed to be a little, uh, you know, untrained. Yeah. yeah. Rock and roll edge, you know what I mean? Because- if you rock and roll, you 
put your feet on the couch. Okay, anyway, sorry. But you're right. It, this is all part of the arc because he's yes, not like right. that. So he's, right. so he's yelling at the doctor. Yelling at the doctor. The doctor asks if Jesse knows how to take a baby's temperature. And when <laughs> Jesse replies, of course, you stick the thermometer under the tongue. And then the doctor says, no, you don't. You actually put the thermometer in the other end. And Jesse says, I put it where? Yeah. And then tells Joey, the phone's for you. Which <laughs> is, is a joke that wouldn't work today. The thermometer joke. Because oh, you've you got them, the, you, oh, you, you have, have the like little the, forehead thing. The forehead scanner. Yeah. Or the ear thing. Or the ear thing. The ear we, thing was we when. We use the ear thing. Yeah. Or the forehead one. But yeah. Yeah. Long gone are the days of taking oh. the baby's temperature that way. Thank I'm really God. glad I had kids after that. Me too. Because, I mean. I, yeah. I've had to stick other things up there, like supposit, like from, you right. know, when they're babies and they're, they won't take medicine, you got to stick a little suppository up there. And it's just like, you, that is the. I just, I would have the same hell. reaction. To, I'd be like, wait, what? I, huh? wait, what? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. no, not me. No, no. <laughs> and, then, and then he hands the phone to Joey, though. He's like, and it's for you. Yeah, it's for you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back. And this season, we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. 
and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the next scene, we are in the bathroom, the mint green carpeted upstairs bathroom. Joey has a clown puppet on his hand that he is using to hold the thermometer. Which, Terrifying. Yeah, ter- yeah, this is why people are afraid of clowns. <laughs> this, this bit right here. I have here. a friend who's deathly afraid of clowns. Yeah, they can't drive by Circus Liquor. You know the the one oh, with the clown in. She'll yeah. like do this when she drives by it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What well, this maybe maybe this, this is why this is the origin of that. This fear. is the origin story of Michelle's terrifying yeah. clown ordeal, which we uh, happened in between. You know, Full and Fuller House, which is why <laughs> it's part of the reason she didn't return. Yes, the clown. clown thing. It was a yeah. It was a whole. Yeah. It all it's all starting to make sense. You know, she had the naked fanny yeah. and the pilot, yeah, and now here. she's got the thermometer with the clown. And now there's puppet. a clown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, it all makes nope. sense. Um, they look and see that Michelle does not have a fever. Thank goodness. Jesse gives her a high five. And in an unscripted baby moment, Michelle keeps giving him high fives. So, so cute. cute. I remember when we would get those little oh, moments gold. of gold. And like this was kind of when it started happening, they were a little more, you know, they were older. And they, you can see like them warming up to everybody a little bit more and getting excited when certain people walk in the room Mm. and whatever. But this was one of the episodes I definitely noticed that Michelle is like babbling a little more and and all that. Oh, it's great. You can't, you can't, you literally cannot plan or script those moments. They just happen organically. They would, there would be cute moments where they, she'd, you know, Ashley or Mary Kate would giggle or laugh or Mm. do something. And you were like, oh my God, it was perfect. Yeah, it was great. Very cute. Um, so the guys then determined that no fever means that Michelle has a cold. And the doctor said to use the medicine he prescribed the last time she had a cold. Joey looks in the medicine cabinet for baby medicine and starts listing all the hair products that he finds. Strawberry mousse, apricot conditioner, honey nut rinse. He says, can you believe the girls put all this dumb junk in their hair? And a close-up of a stoic Jesse reveals that those are actually <laughs> his hair products. <laughs> hey. I mean... I- they, they work. That hair, obviously. That hair is fantastic. I, I need to get some apricot uh, conditioner and, hu- and honey, honey nut, nut rinse, something or other. Because, <laughs> right, I dump a bowl of honey nut Cheerios on my head. I guess <laughs> I don't know. For some to get the yeah to get some mm. hair like Jesse. <laughs> the girls walk in and say the fight is over and Dad will be back on the television soon. Jesse is pouring medicine on a spoon when Stephanie asks, "What are you doing to Michelle?" Jesse says, "Giving her her medicine." To which Je- to which Stephanie replies. That's not the way Daddy does it. Joey or Jesse goes to spoon the medicine into Michelle's mouth, but Joey ends up with medicine on his nose. (laughs) Yeah, giving kids medicine is impossible on screen or off screen. Next scene, we are in the kitchen, right? Yeah, we are in the kitchen. Uh, Michelle is now in a high chair. Jesse and Joey are feeding her what looks like applesauce, but they call it pureed chicken, and they're doing this from underneath the table. Michelle isn't having it. Pureed? No, maybe it was pureed chicken. That's a thing. Yeah, oh, remember yeah. baby food? Like yeah, pureed chicken. yeah. The, you'd have like your the meats, and then the, you'd have and the vegetables, the peas. Right, and you had to introduce the vegetables right, first, right. 
when introducing solid foods because otherwise they wouldn't like it. But you couldn't do the chicken uh, and stuff till a little bit later. Maybe but, it is pureed yeah. chicken. Yeah, it was. It always smelled gross. disgusting. You'd open it up and you're yeah. like, oh, I don't oh know. God. Yeah. yeah, only babies like that, but yeah, gross. I don't even yeah. know if they do, but there's just, what, what are their options? What do they know? Well, you Michelle know I mean? does not like, like it, clearly. She's not having it. Um, no. And I'm wondering what they put on that spoon to get this Olsen to refuse. Like, she's clearly, like, pushing it. She's not wanting to put that spoon in her mouth. So Maybe it was actually the chicken. chicken. Maybe it was chicken. Probably smelled Ugh, funny. Gross. Can you imagine pureed jarred yeah. chicken? Yeah. No, thank no. you. Mm-mm. The girls no. are watching a small red TV on the kitchen counter. <laughs> Danny is back on television, and he explains that the Sandman was KO'd in the second round. And maybe he was a little Ooh. off tonight, but that happens, and the blame should not be laid at anyone's feet. He says it was a blameless defeat. <laughs> Just then, a bunch of reporters rush Danny to ask him what it was like to ruin the Sandman's fight. <laughs> Led by Brian Kale, by the Led way. Led by Brian this Kale. Is the the reporter is, asking questions. This is his shining moment. Brian Kale yeah. asks Danny, how does it feel to have personally dealt a crushing blow to a man's career? And Danny replies, the Sandman's or my own? <laughs> <laughs> then the Sandman walks through, escorted by his coach and handlers, yelling, I want Danny Tanner. Danny responds, can't you just feel the love? And Danny walks trepidatiously into the locker room, where Danny tells the television audience, walk with me as I apologize to the Sandman. He says, Sandman, I am really very, very sorry. The Sandman grabs Danny's blazer and says, it's okay. It's not your fault. At least someone has the guts to tell me about my wife. And he asks Danny, do you know why she left? Danny explains that being away from her for three to four months probably affected their intimacy. The coach then pipes in and says, we don't need her. And the Sandman lectures coach about all the ways he screwed this up for him. The Sandman grabs Danny's microphone and professes his love to his wife, promising he is going to give up boxing. He then fires the coach and walks out. The coach looks at Danny. I mean... I'm just blown away by the efficiency yeah, of this it, whole a thing. A lot happens in like 60 I, seconds here. Under 60 yeah. seconds and you've got San- Danny being mm-hmm. a therapist. It, well, no, first of all, you've got Sandman going right. angry. Going to kill Danny. Nope, now I'm good. Forgives Actually, him. Thank mm-hmm. you. Forgives him. Asks him why his wife left. Danny's like, well, the intimacy. Right. And the coach has his moment. And then Sandman's like, bro, you've ruined my life. You're out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. Fires his coach, goes back to his wife, and tells Danny everything's okay. All, yeah. Like in, I mean, in sixty seconds. And the final moment of this is really yes. when the coach, the coach really. is so angry at Danny. He says, "This whole thing is your fault." He punches Danny in the stomach, and then immediately turns, holding his hand in pain, and he walks out. It is revealed yep. that Danny is fine because Stephanie's tie tack protected him from the punch, and the audience goes wild. Uh, look, hey. I know self-defense when I see it. And I, I, what can I say? Even at a young age, Steph was like, you're going to need this, Dad. You should, you should have this to Wise be Wise beyond your years. Brilliant. Yeah. And also, what did I fire that thing in that it's, it's so, so hard? hard. Unbreakable. Like, what did I make yeah. it out of? I, it's an indestructible, whatever it I, is. I think Steph, right, whatever it is, Steph should start going into the business of creating right. vests. Bulletproof vests. She'd, <laughs> she'd make a killing. Yes. Or, not, or not, right. You'd you know? save a yeah, bunch yeah. of people from killings. Yeah, for sure. Uh, back in the kitchen, the girls ask if they can stay up until their dad gets home. Jesse sends them to bed, and the girls say goodnight and run upstairs. 
Joey and Jesse are still trying to figure out how to give Michelle her medicine. Joey tries by making an airplane noise and flying the spoon into her mouth, but Michelle still isn't having it. Joey zooms the airplane spoon one more time, but this time the spoon flies directly into Jesse's mouth. Jesse is stunned, and Michelle is watching him intently. Joey says, smile, the baby's watching you. Jesse fakes a smile, and Joey says, she's waiting for her Uncle Jesse to swallow. <laughs> Jesse forces a swallow, and through a fake smile, he says, this stuff is terrible. This is such a funny moment, because Ashley or Mary-Kate, whoever it was, was just staring at him. Just laser focus. thought it was so hilarious. Yeah. It was such a great. Oh. That's what I mean. Like, this episode, you really, I feel like you really start to see, um, the baby's bonding yeah. with, with the, uh, the rest with the of the cast, cast. Yeah. and 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 like the family vibes really starting. Like everyone, even you know Jesse and Joey's relationship, and uh, Bob and John yeah. and Dick, like it just you. It, it's starting to at least I see it. I, it's starting to feel a lot more like we're settling mm-hmm. in to to these characters, and it's just funny to watch. You know, Ashley and Mary Kate do it too and kind of get more excited or be more interested in the people that they're around. Yeah. And yeah. No, that's so that's so great. And I remember how we would call each other by our character names in front of the Olsen twins for right. a long time. So they wouldn't get confused on why right. you had two names, Jody or Stephanie. We would just call each other by our character right. names because, you know, then right. if she. I think, yeah, it was they, once they're like toddlers and they're a little bit older, I think we kind of everybody. You know, we explain yeah. that to them, but uh, but yeah, it was just for ease yeah. of all that. It was much, makes sense, and yeah, I mean, I I prefer to call you Kimmy Gibbler. Well, your daughter B still calls me Kimmy. Like to this day, she always calls me. She, Kim- she thinks she it's thinks- hilarious. Yeah, she calls you Kimmy. <laughs> She's well, because we used to sort of call each other, you know, be, right. hey Kimmy, whatever on and she so picked up yeah, on that. it was. Uh, she picked up on it now. I know. Always it, it thrills me to no end every time she says that. <laughs> so Jesse says he's had enough and this is it. You are going to take this medicine right now. He fills a spoon and she tentatively takes the medicine and they high five. Success. Right? In the living room, Danny comes home and collapses on the second plaid couch, which is still so weird for me to see that second plaid right? couch. There's a, yeah. Somewhere out there yeah. is a second plaid couch. It? Uh, Joey enters the room and says, don't worry, Michelle's going to be fine. She was sick, but now she's better. Panicked, Danny pops up and runs up the stairs to see Michelle. She's been sick for like four yeah. hours. And Danny's just, he's very uptight and concerned about her. Well, no, no, no. I don't mean about Danny, but they're like, she's better now. But like, oh, she's it's been, well, they gave her her medicine. So maybe they thought that cured, cured her from the cold. Yeah, no, maybe. Okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give know. you that. That's true, I guess. In Michelle's room, Jesse is sitting in a rocking chair with Michelle. They're in front of a humidifier that's blowing steam nearby. Jesse yep. sings to her, and Michelle softly sings back. This is just... You're right. That, this episode's full of these moments. Again, this episode is full of these moments. It, these are the moments, like, they really... It, they started yeah. bonding mm-hmm. with us. I, I and, and you see it. Um yeah, it was really sweet because, uh, you know, to watch like those little moments come out. Um, yeah, you it, it's, I you know, I remember mm-hmm. them being babies and, you know, all of our moms changing their diapers mm-hmm. and helping out and, be, you know, it was, and to see like that, those relationships and those bonds starting to form between yeah. all of us. It's really, it's how often do you get to go back 
and watch some of the closest relationships you have in your life sort of oh, develop. I you just know? got like warm fuzzies. That's so sweet. You're right, yeah. though. It's so special. Such a special relationship. And yeah, I didn't expect that when we started yeah. this podcast. I didn't expect how much I would enjoy watching these episodes and seeing these early bonds forming like in front of our eyes. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, because I, you know, in a way it's like I've known all of you guys my, you know, this mm-hmm. whole time anyway. It's sort of, you take it for granted that we've just always been this close and and can leave, you know, unhinged videos yeah. at each other's birthday <laughs> parties and the other will understand yeah. it. And and to watch us from the beginning and see those things starting to happen and remember where some of these stupid jokes came from and these things, yeah. it's just, Aww. yeah, I didn't expect to get all like touchy-feely about it either. Jody getting but, all sentimental. Oh, I love it. What was, you know, the little baby yeah. and she had a moment of babbling. So it was cute. So sweet. Yeah. So sweet. Then Danny and Joey enter and a concerned Danny takes Michelle from Jesse and asks, what's wrong with her? Jesse explains it's just a cold. Danny asks, how do you know? And Jesse says, well, it's a cough and a runny nose, but no fever. Danny says you, she should have fluids. And the guys proudly say, Done. Danny says, we should call the doctor. And the guys say, done. Danny asks if she's had her cough medicine. And they say, done. Danny says, well, how about a diaper change? And the guys say, good night. And walk out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to change that diaper. No, no. That's never fun. Later that night in the kitchen, Danny thanks the guys for taking such good care of Michelle. Jesse starts to say, we love that little. But suddenly he sneezes, followed by Joey coughing. Ah. Germ spreading phlegm faucet is how he ends up describing her. <laughs> it's the quickest spreading cold oh, I've yeah. ever seen. That spread fast, it's like a well, yeah. That's what you get when you're a parent. You know, the kids kids have germs, and then the parents get the germs. <laughs> oh God, I remember Ugh. those days. Danny says he was so upset when he got home, but hearing that Michelle was sick put everything into perspective for him. He realized that what's important are his family and his friends. Joey awkwardly reminds him of his nightmare of an interview with the Sandman. Danny says, isn't this where you guys jump in with a pep talk? Jesse and Joey are not in the mood for a pep talk until Joey starts to feel the pep welling up, coming (laughs) up through his body. He grabs Danny's shoulders and starts giving him a pep talk, telling him that he's so good at what he does because he cares about more than just scores and stats. You care about people, he says. Jesse and Joey tease Danny and start fainting punches at each other and flicking him on the head. And that is our show. Woohoo! Such Aww. a sweet episode. For a boxing episode, it's such a sweet episode. Joey's the voice of reason yeah. again, like for like two episodes in a row. I want Joey uh, to just give me pep yeah. talks from now on, but he has to build it up like that in the, yeah, the pep. Welling up inside also, of him. Also, a, a question. What were they drinking mm. out of a pot? You're right. What? I put that under. I was like, what are you doing? Is it hot chocolate? Is it? Why, why is, is it in a pot? N- not in a, why? I mean, maybe because Joey's making it, but it just seemed rather unwieldy to pour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? yeah it was a, I was like, what is, and it was never referenced that it was anything like. Yeah. It's not like they were making hot chocolate earlier. Yeah. No. Why? It must've been some yeah. sort of milk, like heated up. So maybe hot chocolate. Yeah. Very strange. I have our our all important oh, everywhere you yes, look. Yes, your favorite part. Your favorite part. Bring it on. My girlfriend. favorite part. Everywhere you look this week. Okay. Yes, we have mm. mannequin and Joey matching in the first scene. Thank that's goodness. Not it. I missed it last episode. This, the, so thank yeah. goodness. But the everywhere you look moment 
if you see in that last mm-hmm. scene when Joey is pouring something yeah. from the pot, or actually maybe when he has his hands on Danny's shoulders, he is wearing not one, but two swatch watches. He is? On I- his wrist. One is green and one is black. And yep, he's wearing two watches, which was such an 80s thing. To wear two Swatch watches. To wear, like, remember, like, Swatch watches, and you'd see that, and it would be, like, you know, four or five of them on. Like, people would just, that was a thing. So great. At least it was in my mind. Uh, But yeah, Dave, that's the everywhere you look moment. Everywhere you look. It's a fashion choice. It's not functional. It's a fashion choice. It's fashion, not function. Like, why else would you need two watches? I mean, unless he's, well, I mean, you could wear two watches, I guess, if you're keeping, you know, if you're like, oh, I guess it's, you know, 8 p.m. in London. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he's trying to keep two different time zones no. or anything, but I think it's more of an 80s, an 80s thing. wacky fashion choice. I agree. I agree. That, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and look. Yeah, you'll have okay. to go back and look because it's a brief moment that I noticed it. I was like, two uh-huh. watches. Uh, but I couldn't, I didn't know if that was like the, I, it must've been the whole episode. I wonder like if the that. mannequin was wearing two swatch watches. Mm, we can't really see his I don't know if you see the mannequin's hands. Yeah. Mannequin's wearing a hat, but I couldn't read oh, what was on yeah. it. Um, and I noticed, which has been happening for a while, but I just noticed it, that why are Ashley and Mary Kate only credited in the end credits? Like they don't get the, their billing in the opening credits. They're credited at the end of the show, which is odd because they're full-time regular cast members. Right, but... Is it because they don't, don't speak lines yet or we don't want them to know? Maybe, I know... Yeah, maybe. Maybe they don't... Maybe that's where... I, I don't... It just seemed odd to me. No, I don't know. I, you know, I... I... Okay. Hmm. Hold on. Okay. I could be wrong, but I feel like a memory is coming back to me. And I seem to remember... That they did not want to make a big thing out of two babies playing one ah, character. Okay, so they wanted to hide the fact that it and was And so twins. I believe that that was why they put it at the end. Because once the show is over, people don't really pay as much attention to, the, to what names are being read out on right, the end credits. Right. Um, and I, if I remember right, that was kind of in the era where they, it wasn't like, I don't know what, it just wasn't as like that, that behind the scenes stuff of like, Oh, there's, you know, two or three babies. They kind of wanted it to be like, Oh, there's okay, just one. Yeah. And they, I, th- I, if I remember right, I, this might be a, this might be a Jeff question. No, for I think us. that's a, that's a great theory. But I feel like that was part of it was that they were trying to kind of not make it a thing that it was two babies. Okay. Um, well, yeah, because yeah. this is before the Olsen twins became the Olsen twins. Yeah, they were not. I mean, they were just two little kids. Yeah. So they, um, I think, it. yeah, it was probably also, maybe that's how crediting worked. If you had didn't have previous credits, you went at the end. Yeah. But I also think it, that might have been part of it, too, was, you know. Yeah, no, I think I you're know. right. I, I remember now, I remember people in later seasons being surprised that Michelle was played by twins. Yes. So I think you're right that this yes. was sort of a hidden fact. They were trying to you know, hide, not hide, but just not draw attention to the fact right. that Michelle was played by twins. Right. Okay. Interesting. Right. The more you know. Love yeah. it. Yeah. So Love there we it. go. Love it. An- an- another, uh, another episode down, Saved by the Titac. Saved by the Titac. Um, <laughs> saved by the Titac. These episodes just keep getting cuter and sweeter and warmer. Uh, and our next episode, mm. season one, episode eight, is Jesse's Girl. Yes. I can only imagine. Oh boy, there's going to be making up. out. There's going to be making out in this one. <laughs> Buckle up. It's gonna. There's going to be something. Yeah, who knows what's yeah. going to happen? 
It's gonna be probably oh, bustiers and big, big hair, hair, bustiers, tight dresses, yeah. lots of making out. Women arriving at the door and just making out with him. <laughs> it's just gonna, yeah. It, who knows what's gonna happen? And watch, it's none of that, and it's about something entirely different. <laughs> we'll see. <next> um, week. <laughs> we will see next week. Uh, in the meantime, if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at How Rude Podcast, or you can email us at howrudepodcast at gmail.com. Um, and of course, you can follow along with us, watch these episodes everywhere you look, you can find mm-hmm. them, and join us next week for more fun and more behind the scenes memories of uh, our wonderful little full house Aww. days here on How Rude Tanneritos. See you next time. See you next time. Am I going to see you in another 14 hours? Yeah, for sure. Let's make this a thing. Every 14 hours. Just every 14 hours. Sleep for 14 hours. Hang out with Jody for 14 hours. Okay, perfect. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.